0: Hey everybody, this is Cindy Fish. You are listening to the At His Feet podcast. I want to invite you today to set aside your whirlwind of busyness and mental to-do list to have a seat beside me at the feet of Jesus. Now let's pursue Him together. Thank you for listening. Hey again, welcome to episode 6 <laughs> Six of at his feet I just want to say thank you again for listening and tuning in and um you know I have just been uh, I know it's it's really not a big deal to do a podcast you know I know there's so many people that do it but I have been kind of not overwhelmed but kind of um, but really just humbled at the different people that have, reached out to me and different stories of people that have been listening and you know some that have lived for God for years and years and years and I think what in the world could I even have to offer them which obviously a lot of it's it's not just my words I know that but you know what I mean I think you know by now I don't I don't think just so highly of myself I'm not saying that all this is from me but anyways um You know, there's been people that have lived for God for years that reach out and they're like, you know, and and they're years and years older than me and they'll say, you know, I've been listening and I'm enjoying it so much and I've been so humbled by that that they would even care to listen to anything that I have to say. And I've also had, you know, people that I've walked away that I dearly love that have, have contacted me and... And said, hey, I'm listening, and I, I love it, and I'm enjoying it, and I am just so grateful. And I'm just thankful that, I don't know, that you still want to listen, that you still want to hear something from God. And I hope that as you listen each each episode, that God just comes to where you are and, and draws you close. And that every episode, you're reminded that God loves you, and He's for you. And he's pulling for you and he's drawing you and I'm praying for you. And I've also had um, you know, people that are newer in the church or or some that aren't aren't even churched at all, you know, that have listened and or maybe their friends have told me they've been listening and different things and I've been humbled by that as well because I think I would never I don't know, I I've been so kind of careful of the things that I have said because I don't want to tell you the wrong thing and so I will tell you this if if maybe you don't have you know a whole lot of knowledge of of God or, or Bible stories or whatever I don't have very much knowledge either I am just kind of I don't know I've just learned as I Go, and I am uh, I love to read. That's the main thing. I love to read, and I love to dig into things, and I love to know things. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're listening, and maybe I talk about a story that you've never heard about or whatever, um, go and search it for yourself, because you might see something different than I do, or you might, you know, something different might stick out to you, or maybe I get something wrong, because isn't that just the reality of, of letting your voice be heard is... You could totally get it wrong, and if I do, I'm sorry, but I'm just trying my best. But anyway, I just wanted to take the time again to just say thank you for listening and everything. Um, It means so much when different people reach out and tell me that they've been encouraged or blessed, and I think that is all I want to do in everything that I do. I want to be a blessing, and I want to be an encourager. So yeah, anyways, today, this is the first time— other than the two interviews that I've done, uh, that I get to record something that's during the day. Okay, this is awesome and so exciting to me because usually it is between mm, 10.30 p.m. and like 2 a.m. that I'm recording. And so it's like I'm tired and my voice is hoarse and I'm just done for the day. But it's, I don't know, been important to me for me to make this time and um, and do this. And so I have just late at night been recording. But today we are at home. We got back from Ohio on Monday. And, and today is Wednesday. And the recording comes out tomorrow. So you're only listening a day behind today to this intro. But anyway, so, so yeah, so we got home. And so today the kids are both napping. They take uh, one nap that's at the same time. And Abby takes an early nap too. But I am so thankful for nap time and I'm thankful to be home because home means that the kids can nap in their own rooms and then I literally can be in the rest of the house and I don't have to be quiet when we're in a hotel room or in evangelist quarters. What I have to do, um, and this is just part of it, I'm not really complaining. I'm just saying that being home is really nice sometimes and it, I think being gone makes me appreciate home More than I ever would have normally. But so when we're in in those rooms, when the kids go to take a nap, dude, I can't even make a noise. It's like usually I end up falling asleep too. It's not that I want to sleep. Sometimes I'm tired. But the reality is that when the sound machine's going and it's dark in the room, as dark as I can get it, I just, oh my goodness. It's like I can't help but fall asleep. That white noise, we do, the kids sleep with the sound machine, and so that when that white noise is going, it's like, it lulls you to sleep no matter how bad you want to stay awake. <laughs> and so, uh, I always end up falling asleep, almost, and so it's really nice today to get to make use of this quiet time and to do something for me, because today has just been one of those just really rough mom days. Sometimes it's just like that, where it's a stressful day, and so, um... You know we just got home monday so it's still cleaning and laundry and ketchup and uh not <laughs> okay well i have a four-year-old that dips everything in ketchup including grapes and whatever else he can find so when i said it's ketchup i'm thinking <laughs> like the first thing i thought was ketchup because my son dips everything in it and i don't know it's so random but i just had to explain why i was about to laugh but anyway, so it's been catching up from the time being gone, you know, when the house is empty for a month. It is just gross when we come home. Like it's just I don't know, it's you gotta vacuum everything, you gotta sweep everything, you've gotta wipe off every counter, all the normal stuff, scrub all the toilets. It's like all the cleaning has to be done in one, no matter how clean I left it. Anyway, so, so that's what I've been doing. So doing that with the kids it's just been a, a I'm just going to be honest, it's just not been the nicest day, and so when I laid them down, I thought, oh hey, I could make some me time, so I got me a coffee, and I got this new milk frother, it's like a little battery operated one, my friend Morgan had one at her house, and... I used it, and I was like, okay, I need one of these. This is too cool. So she told me she got hers on Amazon, and so I ordered one on Amazon, and it just came in, and so I got to use that for my little cup of coffee, so that's enjoyable, kind of a day maker. It doesn't take much to uplift my spirits, I guess, but anyway, so I just grabbed that coffee and came in my husband's office. And I'm just going to record this intro. I really just want to get to it. I've talked too long. Sorry. This is the product of me only talking to children all day so far today, basically. My husband's been gone much of the day, running errands and all the things that you just have to take care of when you get home. He's been doing that stuff, and so you are like the first person. I'm looking (laughs) just at a computer screen, but it feels like I'm talking to an adult (laughs) <laughs> and so that's probably why I talked too long. I'm so sorry. But anyways, I want to get to it. Today, you will hear an interview from Brooklyn Smith. She is huh? maybe she's in her early 20s. And she lives in Walkerton, Indiana. And I just interviewed her because I'll tell you why some in the interview too. She just really stood out when we went there. She is one of those girls that is just very confident and passionate. Fairly outspoken, I think I always notice that in people because I am not outspoken, and so when someone is just like bold and says what they think, I think it's pretty cool, and I think that she's really cool. But anyway, um, she is in in that um, what do they call it hyphen? She's like in that hyphen age group, and I thought it'd be really cool to hear her point of view on you know college and career and ministry and as I said that, okay, as I said, career, I want to um, kind of pre-tell you something. I am really embarrassed at how hard I laughed when she told me about, um, and you'll hear it and you'll probably cringe. I can't help it. Um, She told me about her job, like what she wanted to be. And when she was six years old, she thought of it. And I busted out laughing and I told my husband as I was editing the podcast, uh, the interview last night, I said, I'm so embarrassed that I laughed so hard, but it was hilarious to me. And I told him, I said, babe, when I was six years old, I wasn't thinking about like career And I definitely didn't even know the career that she was talking about. You'll hear it. And I said, when I was six years old, I remember very vividly, this is probably the proudest moment of my sixth year of life. And it was that I scrounged up all my money, we didn't really have a lot, I guess, but all my money. And it was coins, and I found them. I searched all through the house. I searched in my mom's car. I had pennies. I had no shame, girl. I mean, I just got all of it. I went to Walmart. And my mom let me pick out a Barbie doll. And I got the U.S. Olympic swimmer Barbie doll. She had brown hair. I guess that was Teresa back in the day. And she was so cool that she swam in the bathtub. If you wound her little arms up in the back, she had a little switch thingy. And if you wound it up, she would swim laps in the bathtub. And I thought she was awesome. And I was so proud of myself. So me at six and Brooklyn at six is probably a really good indicator of the type of person that she is. Her dad explained her as a go-getter and headstrong, and he told us how she was his kid that he never held back from doing things. He always pushed her because he knew that she had it in her, and I thought that was so cool. She has been on several AYC trips, which I think is really, really neat. Um, she went to Puerto Rico, and she went to Spain on missions. Um, I don't know if it was ayc or youth on missions but something like that and she also when she was in college she spent a month in greece studying abroad and we later her dad told us and this is really cool that it was through her college that she went on the study abroad trip but somehow this is just brooklyn she just things just happen for her and she just gets things done and i don't know she she's awesome you'll hear more from her and you'll understand but on that trip, her college professor kind of planned this whole part of an outing around her. She was the only apostolic on the trip, but they ended up visiting the apostolic church that was there where they were, where they visited in Greece. And I think that's so cool that everyone on that study abroad trip got to go to an apostolic church service because of Brooklyn. And not only that, there was somewhere they visited and. I think Mars Hill where they visited and the teacher said, Hey Brooklyn, tell us what happened here. And so she stood up and she told everyone of exactly what happened there and what the Bible says about that location. And she's just confident to do things like that. And I think it's just so great. And um, she is someone that I definitely think you should hear from. I hope that you enjoy my conversation with her. And next week, I'll just fill you in ahead of time. I'll be doing a series, really cool prayer series with my husband. He just released an album. It's called Prayer Closet. It is on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, all of those things, and we have hard hard copies, you know, like actual CDs of it too, that we'll have, you know, when we visit different churches for people to buy, we can mail them out, whatever. I can make that plug because I am not him and he would not, but I would. (laughs) So yes, so we'll be talking about prayer. He found that place with God at a young age. And I think that his story really ties in well to the meaning and the, I guess the point behind the podcast. And really you'll enjoy it He's awesome. I already told y'all once that if um, he was to do a podcast, his would be number one on my list, and I mean that. He has so much to say. He has such a wealth of knowledge, and even at 29 years old, I think that he is just full of wisdom, and I admire him so much, and I think you will too when you hear his story. Hello. Today, I am. we're doing another interview. I have uh, my friend, Brooklyn Smith with us and we're in Walkerton, Indiana at Walkerton UPC. (laughs) I had to ask her a minute ago. I said, what is the name of this church? Uh, But anyway, so she's here and we're going to ask her some questions just kind of where she's at in life and part of her story and just all of that and you'll really enjoy it. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic today. <laughs> yeah, she just took a test. What test did I'm you take? I'm
1: taking on Thursday. Oh. So I'm studying for a test.
0: A practice test. A <laughs> practice test, yeah. She took <laughs> a
1: practice test for, what was it for? A series seven,
0: so it's a securities exam for investments. Yes, yeah, something I know nothing about. <laughs> but that's really, uh, we'll talk more about um, ministry and career and all of that, Um so uh, if you'll go ahead and just share uh, how old you are and um, how long you've lived in Walkerton and kind of, uh, you know, a little bit about yourself
1: before yeah. we start. So um, I'm 23. Uh, my dad pastors the church here in Walkerton. Um, I was born and raised in Walkerton. It's all I've ever known. Uh, my my well, I'll call him Papa, but my grandpa pastored um, the church my whole life and then uh Dad took over in the last year and a half or so. Um, I went to high school here at the the local high school and um, you know, grew up in the youth group, played on the, um, played the piano, played in the jazz band, um, just was involved in the community that way and lived,
0: the, lived my best life. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um. Now that you've kind of been introduced, I I want to talk about so not long ago your church did this challenge where your dad challenged everyone to share their testimony. So I love hearing people's stories. I I just think, you know, whether you've been raised in the church or whether you, you know, you just come in um that God is just He's just so good to each of us, and every one of us has trials and things that we go through, and every one of us has a powerful story because it's ours. No one else can tell our story like we can, and when you told your testimony, you mentioned that, that you had been raised in the church, but um, something that you said that made me think, okay, I want to talk to her about this because I know that it will help somebody is that you're the only one from your youth group left. And I know that, you know, I'm sure there were times that that was really hard. I just want you to kind of talk about your testimony and maybe talk about what's your advice to the young person or hyphen age adult, because you're in that hyphen category Mm -hmm. now, who has seen their peers or maybe even their mentors walk away from God and walk away from truth and just say, you know, what kept you living this life? What kept you living for God even though others left?
1: Yeah, so um, I actually love talking about this. Uh, I I get asked this question quite a bit, um, especially from parents of current teenagers in our church and things like that, and it does not bother me one bit to talk about um, my testimony because I'm super thankful for it, and I love it. Um, It's you know, I'm a fifth generation Pentecostal, so that I'm I'm sure does play a role in it. Uh, I've got stacks and stacks of prayers that have been um, built up for me, um, which I'm extremely thankful for. Um, but that's that's not the whole thing, though. I mean, just because I'm a PK doesn't mean that I was automatically going to last in my in my walk with God. Right. Um, I had to learn that on a personal level for me. So. Um, I went through the process of dealing with the loss of my friends, and they, you know, my my best friend was torn between a college life and staying at home with me, and that didn't work. You know, watching your best friend walk away from the truth is the most heartbreaking thing you could ever deal with. But there was a few moments that I had in my life, um, like you reference in your podcast, those at his feet moments where. The presence of God is just so strong or he does something so great for you that you, there's just no way you could ever walk away from that, right. that you, you know, you just say, if I never get anything else for the rest of my life from you, God, that's enough yes. for, for me to serve you. Yeah. Um, so I had quite a few of those moments. Um, as far as advice goes, what I usually say um, to people, something that my dad taught me, actually, he said, pay attention. It doesn't cost very much. Um, so when, uh, being a part of the pastor's family, of course, you know, everybody's business and everyone's problems. Um, and that's something that he would always tell me. We would watch, me and my brother grew up watching other people's mistakes and he would point out, um, you know, just listen to this and, and understand, and we would see the whole process go through. So we kind of, I don't want to say we learned what not to do, but... You did. Um, you totally, from son, yes, learned what not yes, to do. Yes, yeah. Whether that was um, something in our church or whether it was family or, you know, whatever it may be, um, it, it it played a huge role in how me and my brother were raised. Uh, we joke about it now, but it, it really does... Um, I look back and I'm super thankful uh, for that. Another thing is... Um, just the little decisions in your life. So I learned this early on at a youth camp. Our um, youth president, Brother Barber, preached a message about the little foxes. Mm-hmm. So he referenced the um, Song of Solomon 2 and 15, Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. And he talked about just those those little things, it's like that first Sunday night service that you missed because you were out with your friends at the mall on Sunday afternoon and get, didn't get back in time or you start working a job when you turn 16 or 17 and you got to work on Wednesday nights so that you start missing Wednesday nights, it's those little things that don't seem like a big deal at the very beginning that can quickly take take over and then suddenly church kind of gets put on the the back burner there and um, it doesn't become as important and You don't think it's a big deal until it becomes a big deal. Nobody just backslides. They don't just wake up and say, I'm going to stop serving God today. It just, um, it's a gradual process. So my advice um, when people ask me that is always to just be aware of those little decisions. I had to consciously, when I was choosing to go to college and working a full-time job and also being the pastor's kid and having to be involved in the church, um, that was something that I had to constantly be aware of. Of those little
0: decisions that church had to come first, no matter what. That's good. You know, someone that I am fairly close to shared with me they they had been away from God for I don't even know how many years at this point, but they are very well up in years. Uh, not old, <laughs> if they listen to this and they know. But anyways, um, but they're older than me and. They began to open up and tell me about how they left the church when they were I think seventeen and they never meant to. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, a relationship that they pursued and they really didn't think they would be gone long and then a month turned yeah. into a year, turned into many years, turned into you know, then mm-hmm. it's that much harder. So yes. I I think that's that's a, such good advice. Just it's the little things. No one mostly no one walks away from God having planned it, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a gradual thing. And when we see someone walk away, Taylor and I have talked about it. When we see someone walk away, what we're seeing is not the full picture. Right. You know that when they leave and they they go do something crazy, that's not the full picture. It started long before we could see it. That's such, such good advice. Something you talked about college and career and all that. Something that I immediately noticed about you the last time we were here, which is like um, a year ago, almost exactly exactly a year ago, was that you were both passionate about the things of God and driven in your career. Just a great example that that we can be both. As apostolics, we can be grounded in truth and still pursuing education and a career. And I'm sure that as high school graduation approached, you had a lot of decisions to make because you are really involved in ministry and music. And um, I know you don't live too far from, you know, Indiana Bible College. And I wanted to ask maybe was was going to Bible College a thought in your mind? I know it's, it's great for some and then some people choose not to. So um, I wanted to ask, was that a thought in your mind? And then what made you actually... Choose the degree that you did, and then how did you come to your decision? What was that like that that in between yeah. moment? Um, so I I love my story. Uh,
1: Bible college. I always laugh when people ask me that question because Bible college was just never never an option for me. Um, I felt like it was it would be an escape from the responsibilities that I have at home. Um, being in a pastor's family. And especially having the family that I do, I felt that I was I was learning just as much, if not more, from my own family and their walk with 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 God than I would in a Bible college. And it would have just been it would have been trouble for me. Right. Um, so I uh, I never had any interest in that. Um, but I had always, since I was a little girl, I always wanted to be a financial advisor. That is the
0: most (laughs) random thing that I have ever
1: heard. (laughs) How does a kid even know? Yes. So growing up, when I was like little, little, when anyone would ask me what I wanted to be, it was the president's secretary. I wanted to handle the president's money. Seriously cute. So cute. Yes, yeah, so I just have—I don't know. I—I I mean, I guess you know my my grandfather's very good with money um, and very smart when it comes to that, and I've learned a lot from him over the years. And I don't—they call me Arnold Junior, but oh. I don't know if maybe I just kind of inherited that from mm-hmm. him a little bit. But um, I've just always been super passionate about it, and um, in high school I was. I was over it and uh, wanted to start working. I was begging to work at like 15 and my yeah. dad said, you are not old enough yet. You can't do that. Um, so my senior year, I enrolled um, in the working program mm-hmm. through high school. So I went to school half day and I worked half day. Um, my, my best friend's dad was a branch manager at the credit union in town And he said, well, why don't you just come to TCU? I said, all right, cool. So um, actually, to this day, I've been at TCU for over six years now, and I've never had an interview. Um, It just has always, God has worked it out where I've either known someone or made the right calls to the right people. And it has just, like, I hope I never have to go through an interview because I never did that. Um, It was just, I don't know, God just worked it out perfectly for me. So I started working there when I was 16 as a teller. Um, I was a co-op teller and I worked half days um, after I got out of school. And once I graduated, they moved me around a little bit to some different branches and I enrolled um, at the local college. I did have plans um, to go to Florida for college and uh, had it all like worked up. Then mm-hmm. Then it just, like, I started working my senior year, and I fell in love with the job, and I never felt, like, a a release from, you know, just leaving home. I never felt, um, I don't know, I never felt that just comfort and peace. Right, the of, of, of peace. Yeah, never felt at peace with it. So, um, I just, it really was not, like, I didn't have, like, this epiphany moment of, I'm gonna stay home and do this. I just did it, and, yeah. um... I ended up getting a full-ride scholarship, um, so I went to college and I worked. And um, my sophomore year of school, I had uh, a conversation with my boss's boss now. I had been making some calls to the corporate office. I'm just that kind of person. You, When you wanna learn, you just have to ask for it. So I was calling saying, um, hey, I wanna see what you do in your job. I know I don't wanna be a teller for the rest of my life and um, I know I wanna be in the finance field, but I'm not exactly sure where yet or right. what I, how I wanna do that. And I'm in college um, you know, with my specific classes and I wanna make sure that I align that all correctly. So I went and observed the HR department, the finance department, the investment department. I sat with the president for a day. <laughs> and everyone at TCU is like, who is this girl? What is she doing? <laughs> and they all loved it. I mean, all the executives were like, absolutely, come spend a day with me. So, so cool. Um, I did that. And uh, where I ended up was the investment department. Um, at that time, he had said... Uh, when you're ready for a job, just give me a call. And so I was getting to the point where um, you know, I knew everyone I already have you know, knew everyone in town and whether it be from the church or just from working there so long and you get to that point where like you go to the gas station and you you see the member that you just waited on thirty <laughs> minutes ago and that becomes a little weird. So yeah. I um I was kind of ready for a change and was getting to that point in college where I could stand a little. I was learning more of um, the investment side of it. And so I gave him a call and I said, So you told me to call you when I'm ready for a job? And he said, All right, what you want? And he um, put me into an internship. In the investment department, so that's when I moved um, to South Bend. And on the very first day that I got there, the lady who trained me, she said, "So just be really honest, because I'm about to retire. Do you want my job, or do you just want an, an internship?" And I said, I, "If you're offering it, I will gladly take your job." she said, okay, that's what we'll do then. So, um, she took the time and trained me and she worked throughout the rest of that year. And then she left, um, and left it with me. So now I do all the service work on annuities and investment accounts, mutual funds, 529s, that sort of thing. Um, and I'm studying to become a financial advisor. So I'm in the middle of that testing right now. Yeah. Um, Super hard exams, but it will be well worth it. Uh, and the cool part is that um, the advisor that I work for is—I am just so blessed. He's—he's he's a great Christian man, and he just tells me all the time that he thanks God that he ended up with a coordinator like me. And he's just so comfortable, um, you know, with our position. And he's—he's uh, he's in his late fifties and looking at retirement soon as well. Um, and so he's getting ready to hand over all of his clients to me so I can just walk into... It's like my dream job being handed to me on a silver platter. So cool. Um, yeah. So um, I, I really feel passionately about, um, you know, when you give your whole life to God, when you just surrender everything. And I'm super passionate about the finances. I cannot harp about that enough. I, right. I talk to our young people so much because um, and I don't want to be like that person that like tithing is important. But I have, I have literally found that to be true. When I, um, oh, I don't know how old I was. I was probably 18 or 19. Um, I was at a general conference one year and no I was probably younger I yeah because it was before I started school so I was um probably 17 then that was my senior senior year mm-hmm. um I was at a general conference and they were talking about giving and um just you know it was like they always, they always have right. like a giving service right so I was I was praying about it and God had just laid it on my heart to give two thousand dollars that year um and that was, like, my savings account, you know. Right. And um, so I did. I To me, when when God asks something of you, it's... How can you say no? You know, right. I, I don't know. I Sometimes people struggle with money, but that's just something that I feel that it's God's in the first place. He's the one who gave me the job. He's the one right. who's provided for me. So... Um, I, I did it. I wrote a check and emptied my savings account out. And that next semester of when I first started school was when I got all of those scholarships. So I had like quadrupled the money that wow. I gave and I ended up actually making money from going to school. <laughs> so it was like, I got a check in the cool mail every semester. Um, so I really I just equate all that up to when you give to God, he's going to give back to you. Um and that was, you know, that was the desire of my heart and that's God promises that. So um you know, when you give to him, he's he's going to take care of you and that's what he's done. I'm just so super good.
0: blessed. So good. That's awesome. And I think it's neat that you tell that story. I think probably right when it happened, you wouldn't have been able to tell it. Yeah. You know, but now that it's been some time it's it's a little easier to talk yeah. about those yeah. like personal moments. But yeah. that is awesome. Yeah. I think sometimes, you know, as a young person people feel like we did youth ministry for quite a few years and I think sometimes people think, Well maybe later I'll do those things but right now God doesn't God doesn't need that <laughs> from me, you know? Yes. But I think when we when he sees that he can trust us, yeah, that's when those blessings, yes, I mean it seems like with your with your job and your your career, everything has just lined it lined itself out yes. down to down to your education, yes,
1: yeah, and um you know, and that's something that I find myself uh that's obviously not an easy road, you know, money is the root of all evil after all, um, and it can be very, um, you know, demanding and take a lot of your time right. And when you have a love for it. Uh, but it's something that I've learned, um, you know, that I have to constantly remember this is what God has given me and, um, and also to use it in the church. I, I really am, I don't want to say disappointed, but it worries me how many people are, I, what's the correct word? I don't want to say ignorant to finances, but um, it's sometimes, in, it's just natural. That's just how it has always been. You know, people struggle with money. Um, so I've learned to use that, even, you know, with our own church people or other pastors and pastors' families. Um, that's, that's helped us as well. Right um, on on that side of things.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, whatever it is that... I, well, okay, I say this. <laughs> I say this as an evangelist's wife that um, I don't have, like, a career, you know. <laughs> but in watching others and in, in, in seeing others develop both their secular careers and their personal ministries, I think it's really neat when you can translate the passions that you have for the kingdom of God, because there is room for every single gift, every single, you know, God gives you that, yeah. that desire, yeah. that knowledge. And I think it's so, it's just so good when people can translate that to be used in the church because there's room for all kinds and, and there's the necessity for it. Yeah. Like you're saying, people that do struggle with money that can use your knowledge that you have gained and, and God is school for It's so cool. um, so as far as like I said um, your job and personal ministry, I want to hear about how you juggle <laughs> ministry and being involved in the church and how like how that's looked for you throughout high school college and now working and do you have any any tips for balancing it all I think all of us are looking how do we do it all you know <laughs> and it, it's a hard it's a hard balance but I think that it looks as if when we've been here, like you do a good job of, of, um, you know, kind of keeping yourself in check in those demanding seasons.
1: Yeah. So, um, I had to learn early on, even just in high school when I started working, um, you know, I was working into the evenings and then I'd have something at the church. And so I have constantly been going from eight o'clock, usually seven thirty in the morning yeah. until nine or 10 every night. Um, My whole life has been that way. So I learned very quickly that time management is everything. Um, I I literally, when I was in in college, I would make a list every week. I would write out my priorities. And I would list them out and say, okay, I have to do this, this, and this. And prioritize them and check it off. I would wake up every morning and say, okay, I have this assignment due. I have to have this by five, this by six. And... Um, I had a, a literal like calendar um, yeah. of reminders on my phone, um, but also I had to learn how to sacrifice and what to sacrifice. Um, so that was something that was a challenge for me because I felt that I needed to give a hundred percent to everything. I learned very quickly that I cannot give a hundred percent to everything, so I had to to learn how to. Keep church and my relationship with God the most important, but also know what to back out of in the church to be able to manage time for school right. and work. Um, so it was the little things that I had to pick, like maybe not participating in the youth night that week or um, you know whatever it was. I had to learn what it was that I could sacrifice without sacrificing my relationship with God. Uh, That was that was the hardest part, but um, sometimes I still wonder how I even did it. To be honest, (laughs) as I look back at it, and it was just madhouse all the time. But um, I that was the biggest thing was learning what to sacrifice and how you know how how to get that done, and also just making time for rest. So I was never one to whole and all nighter because I had an exam the next day or I have to have my sleep. It's, it's super important. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And so, um, you know, I see some people doing that sometimes where they will just have so much going on and and they don't sleep for days and it's not healthy. It's not all around. It's not emotionally good for you. It's not physically good for you. Um, so I, I mean, I'm not a health nut, but I really had to be careful of like what I was putting in my body because I'd have energy for the day um, and, and make sure I took time for rest because otherwise you're just talking like panic attacks and mental yes. breakdowns. And so, yeah, that was um, – it was just uh, a lot of – I didn't have much of a, a social life, um, you know, as m- most – teenagers in hyphen age groups would do because I was pulled in so many different directions. So I I had to sacrifice um,
0: that. That's great advice for that. Uh, You know, here, you're involved in, like, all things music. (laughs) And uh, I just want you to talk about your involvement in that and where did your love for... For music and worship, where did that come from? And then what keeps you passionate in that ministry?
1: Yeah. So, um, if we're being honest, it didn't start out as a passion. It, uh, it was one of those things that I was able to do. I had the talent, um, and my mom pushed me and pushed me and pushed me. And I, yeah. I was, um, I was never the easy child. I was the <laughs> child who asked why. And, um, all of those things. I was a rather difficult um, one. And so I gave her a hard time about it. I usually had an attitude and didn't want to do it because she wanted me to do it. Um, if you've ever met my mother, she can play any instrument she puts her hands on. She can sing. She's the best cook around. Um, she's awesome. She's awesome. And, uh, you know, it's there's my grandmother has played the piano at her church for like 50 plus years. And my mom's played since she was... Um, very young as well, and so she kind of just wanted that to to work for me too, and I pushed it away growing up, but I did it because I had to, and the older I got, though, so time and maturity played a, a big role in that. Right. Which I think that, you know, everyone probably goes through that time in their life. No one wants to do what your mom wants you to do. You <laughs> yeah. want to do what you want to do. <laughs> so um, the older I got, uh, the more I realized, you know, when you love God, when you truly just want to live your life to serve Him, you start to understand that that's God's given you that talent for a reason. And it's a form of worship, and it's I don't know. Once you just learn to appreciate that fact, mm-hmm. it's um, it kind of changes the game. My mom kind of learned to just leave me alone once she stopped bugging me about it. I said, "Hmm, I think I could do that." <laughs> <laughs> so it was like after the fact, like, she gave up on it. She said, "Forget it, we're not going to do this anymore." Yeah. And um, then I remember a day when we still lived at our at our old house. So this was like over ten years ago. Um, she had just kind of gave up on it and I just, I looked at the piano for like five minutes I said, should I do it? Do I want to do that? And, um, I just got up, went to the piano bench and started, and my mom was like, she was in the kitchen. I remember, I don't know why, it's like this very vivid mem- memory. She just looked at me like, what even is going on? <laughs> you know, cause I just sat down and started playing and would practice and, practice every day and I still don't practice as much as I should just because of the time element of that Um, but yeah so I uh, just kind of picked that up and I also was so I started playing the bass in high school I had um, our band director was just a super great guy one of those just influential people and he didn't have a bass player for um the jazz band so he came to me one day and was like hey so i know you can play the piano how do you feel about maybe playing the bass notes on a keyboard for me i said um (laughs) i guess i could do that so i started um i felt bad so i felt obligated to do it and i did so we had you know competitions and things and My dad was constantly lagging around, you know, like these big amps and the keyboard and the stand and the music. And he got so tired of that. He said, I am not doing this anymore. You're either going to learn how to play the actual bass or you're not going to do it. So he, um, I, one day, it was just a random day. I don't know what, why I was taking a nap, but I was taking a nap. Um, I woke up and rolled over and there was this huge box sitting next to me. Um, it was like recently after a competition or something. Mm-hmm. And he had went to Guitar Center and bought me a bass. He said, you're either going to do this or you're not. But I'm not lugging this stuff <laughs> around anymore. So um, I picked that up and, and learned to do that for the last like two years of high school. Uh, so that has helped me in the church too. I don't play it all the time. But when our bass player isn't here, I'm able to fill in. Um, and do that. Uh, but when you have the talent, it's just kind of fun, and, um, you know, you enjoy doing it, and it's a form of worship, so it's it's easy to do, and you know, when you love God, you just
0: give it your all. Talking about just when you love God, you'll do anything, you'll give it yeah. your all. Uh, something that I thought was cool in conversation, the first time we came, we were at dinner, and Taylor was like, you've been doing some of y'all's media stuff, haven't you? You had done this video, right? You did a video? Yes, yeah. And it was like really good. (laughs) And he's like, how did you get into that? And I thought the coolest thing is you said something to the effect of, basically, you saw the need and you wanted to fill it. I kind of want to hear about that, you you know, doing the media, which uh, the last few nights of Revival you've been, in there taking pictures, running uh, the live stream, things like that. So I want to hear about that. Uh, what made you pick that up? I know I said some of that, but you can explain it way better than my few <laughs> words can. And um, how'd you learn how to do it?
1: Yeah. So, um, so we, we had a need for it um, in the church. I just, you know, I don't know if maybe it's that like millennial mindset of mine that I said we've got to get this church out of 1956. (laughs) (laughs) Not that it was like bad or anything wrong, um, but we had, um, you know, I had a lot of friends and you know P7 groups in the high school and all of that, um, and that's that was a huge role in that. Young people look for that when we go, um, and this is awful to say, but you do, you know, everyone does it. If we go out of town visiting. Um, we always look for a church, and it's just human nature. You you know, you Google a church in the area, you look at their website, you go to their Instagram page, You yeah. go to their Facebook page, you check it out, and get to know the church before you go. Um, and we had none of that.
0: Yeah, you and know, every time we go somewhere new, it usually sometimes Taylor gets called from people that we have never met, we don't know, we go. To their website, to their Facebook, to their Instagram, something, so that we're not walking in blindly. Right. So I totally get that. It's yes. true. People do look, people do search, and uh,
1: yeah. that's good.
0: So um,
1: I had wanted to kind of get that going uh, just because, you know, we were, we've always been, so we have the biggest church in town, and we are extremely blessed uh, living in a small area. We, um have a, a big percentage of our town yeah, yeah, that, do. that attends our church. And so, um, you know, we're very well known. You know, everyone knows who we are, what we're about. We've done a lot of block parties and that, you know, community involvement stuff. Right. Um, so they know what we're about. Uh, but it still was, we wanted to be in front of them. Um, so I just kind of uh, picked it up one day and made the took over the facebook page and revamped a little bit we had started with um having some friends that we knew that had like a drone and stuff come out and do some footage of our um which even today when i pulled in i just like every time i pull in the in the parking lot i just take a moment and be like Wow, Our, it's just so beautiful. Yeah, and it is. Just,
0: it's really nice.
1: Um, you know, you're just like so thankful for that. Um, I, I just think there's something so great about having a beautiful building. I, I've always appreciated that. Um, so we had a drone come out and, you know, fly around um, and get some footage for us and stuff. And so I played around with that a little bit. And I had a MacBook for school, and which, you know, has the all the programs and all of that. that right. you can get to do some editing. Um, so I, I just kind of started playing around and I had, um, bought a, a nice camera for one of the trips that I had taken overseas. Mm -hmm. Not like a super fancy camera. It was just like a basic Canon. Um, and, uh, so I had that, I was using it and it's still, it was doing okay, but I said, eh, it's just like, I want those super good, crisp, clear pictures, um, when you see, I would, I would, like, look around at area churches and mm-hmm. what they were doing and what they were producing. And um, not to, you know, compare who's better or who's worse, but just to get some ideas and talk right. to some of the local churches. And, you know, ask them what they do, talk to their media teams. And um, ended up just spending the money and getting a, a pretty good camera um, and started messing around with that a little bit. Um, And then it became kind of like a challenge for me. Because once you make one thing cool, you're like, oh, maybe I could do this and and do something even better. Um, The problem is that it is very time consuming. So it has... um, it's been a challenge to make it happen, especially mm-hmm. in times like this, you know, when I'm working a full-time job and we have revival every night of the week or through this pandemic stuff, it's been, it's been difficult as well because that was, um, you know, our way of having church for months. Mm-hmm. And we, um, started the, the live streams up through that. We didn't have a live stream before, um, it became a necessity, right? And, um, that just uh, – that was hard to learn because, you you know, you're talking like YouTube tutorials and yeah. calling your friends going, okay, I know you do this. How do you, how do you make this work on Facebook? How do you get it on YouTube? And um, I don't have very good Wi-Fi here at the church or at my house. Um, being in a small town, it's just – it doesn't work <laughs> out very well. So it's a huge – challenge to you know create something and then it takes a day and a half to download it and post to wherever yeah. I want to post it to um so that's that's been a challenge but it's it's so rewarding because we have gained so many contacts from the posts the interactions the um you know the the videos that my dad has been doing like he does you know we'll do like a Wednesday lunchtime, little devotional where Mm -hmm. he'll get on and just have a little thought, you know, a little five minute clip. And um, that has got the attention of even the area churches. So the other churches that have shut down in our town have literally some of the pastors have said, go watch the Walkerton UPC service today because we're not going to have anything. So we have had like so many impactful moments from that. It's good where uh, you know it's people are coming to church because they said, "Oh, I watched your live stream last week and just wanted to check it out." Mm-hmm. We've had people just walk in because they had um, watched it or seen something that we posted and boosted on Facebook. So uh, that's a super cool feature on Facebook, by the way. Um, you can. Boost your posts, and then it just, you know, pick your area mm-hmm. um, that you want it to go to or specific audience. And we do that quite a bit. So we are out in everyone's face all the time. Um, but it's working. It's, people are asking questions. They're calling. They are showing up to church. Um, so it's been well
0: worth it. It's It's just been very rewarding, even though it's a lot of work. It's good you know I think it's neat because when you had the desire to start doing you know the media side of things you were already very involved you definitely had a full plate but you saw a need and you wanted to fill it and that was over a year ago long before you knew what would happen now and all that <laughs> and God has used that and, and, and really just prepared y'all's church for what what y'all just needed yeah. in, that, in the <clears throat> quarantine and uh I think that's so cool how God does that. And and He used your your desire and, and your burden to help grow y'all's church, which is awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. God is so cool. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to say today? Closing remarks, anything like that. You don't have to say anything else if you don't want to. But um, do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, Not specifically. Um, I'm super thankful for the opportunity
1: uh, to do this when you text me. I said, oh, I get to share my testimony again. Yeah, I just, I always refer to, I have it in my notes here um, that I didn't reference before, but it's something that uh, I've clung to, I've just clung to my whole life. It's very elementary, but it's Proverbs three five through six, everyone knows. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Um, That is just, you know, I, that is my life's testimony. It it literally is why I am where I am. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, times when you question whether it's worth it or, you know, like we talked about before when Friends are walking away, or you're you're super busy, or you you're going to college, and you got all this going on. Um, you can't lose your trust in God. It is just it's so important,
0: um, and He's He's going to provide and give you everything you need. Awesome! Thank you for sharing. Thank you for joining us. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.